Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Friday edition of Sims Chat Corner. So excited that I'm doing a double-decker today, which I don't always do. Um, so today I'm very, very happy to report that I'm going to be interviewing in just a second Rich with Anthony's on Jefferson, which we're going to talk all about his brand-new bar, his new establishment, the new love. I shouldn't even say new love. It's the existing and continuing love in his life. And then, of course, don't forget, at 1 o'clock today, Central Standard Time, I'm going to be over on my sister radio station, which is Sam Crow Radio, with my exclusive interview with Pancho Hodges. So I'm very excited. I get to do two things that I love tonight. So I'm not going to keep Rich on hold much longer. Let's get him on and let's get him talking. Hey, Rich. Hi, Cindy. How are you today? I'm a little tired. I was at your establishment too late last night. You were. <laughs> you came out. How's the arm I did. Doing? I tried. Uh, the arm is doing okay. I mean, I'm not wearing it right now. Otherwise, I won't be able to talk to you. So I'm kind of doing dual duty here. I'm just getting through my interviews today. But it's a little better. I'm not drunk well, up yet. So that's good to hear. Sure done. I you. got some new things to uh, share with you today. <gasps> oh, my God. I'm so excited. Okay. Well, I'm you very excited things, about or, this. Do you want to share new things first? Or let's just, you know what? I'll ask you what I'm going to ask you. And then you can kind of chime in your new little things as we go along. How does that sound? Okay. That sounds okay. fine. Cindy. Cool. First and foremost, many congratulations, of course, not only on your new venture in business, but you also have a new venture in life. If you want to, I keep saying new, like Gina's new, right? Because she's kind of here and not here and here and not here. You have a new budding business and, of course, a beautiful fiancé to boot. Such a lucky guy you are. Um, I just want to know how it feels to be getting handed such a good deal of fortune in your life and what seems like all at one time. Is this kind of a surreal experience for you? Very much so, Cindy. Very much so, um... I have to pinch myself a number of different times to really believe what's all going on. Uh, it, it's exciting and it's also a bit overwhelming at times. But I've been—I'm I'm very fortunate that um, Gina is such a big help, a big help, and I've been very fortunate with a lot of the musicians that. Um, have helped me tremendously, and I, I think people should be aware of that. The people like Bill and LJ, Dave Dolan, uh, Chanel Lamont, and on and on. I mean, these people are so helpful. They share in our vision of what we want to do, and they have been of tremendous help. And it makes things a lot easier when you have good people like that helping you because it, so you, know, do, you can't do it all yourself and uh, a great humble thanks to all of these people for all the help that they do provide oh how very nice how sweet and you know you do a hell of a job and you i know you're saying it's obviously a, a cumulative effort with everybody but really if anybody walks into your bar it's a top-notch service establishment, meaning you have a what appears to be a very finely tuned machine there. Everybody knows how to take care of everybody. You provide good drinks at a reasonable cost, and you 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 give us this beautiful environment. I just I can't impose upon that enough, which I will keep doing during this interview. But you really do give that presence like you've been there for a long time, and you're well established. Just so you know that. Just so well, we thank you very much for the kind words. What we're trying to do is. Um, is keep the pricing uh, reasonable so that a person can afford to go out and hear some live entertainment more than, you know, one time a week. You know, I know a lot of the other establishments, 
um, charge a high price. And, you know, in this economic times, you know, everybody's strapped for cash. And what we try to do is, you know, give them specials like on Tuesdays or $2 Tuesdays where we have all domestic beers and rail drinks for $2. And people can come out and hear some entertainment and at an affordable price. Perfect. Sounds good to all of us, especially because musicians, as you know, aren't the wealthiest characters all the time, you know, so it definitely helps. It sure does. I want to have you take a step back and maybe journey back in your history a little bit because I understand that you're a Milwaukee native, yet I know you have a true longing and love to one day be reunited with your um, your precious Nashville, as I would call it. I'd like you to tell the folks why you carry such sentimentality for the Southern way of living and also how it's impacted your eventual move here back to Wisconsin. Um, I moved to Nashville in 1978 and I lived there from 78 to 85. I also returned and lived there again from 03 to 07. In the 70s, like most people around town, I was a musician working around town and I was very interested in the recording end of things, and I was very fortunate that I was studying with um, a session player at the time that was living in Chicago who ultimately went down to Nashville. And I just came to the realization that if you're going to have any success or try to make any kind of living in the music business that you really had to go to either Nashville, L.A., or New York. Um, Nashville, the first time I visited it, I I felt at home. Uh, The southern way of life is very relaxed. The people are just warm, they're friendly, and as far as the music business, I mean, it's all there. At the time that I went to Nashville, country wasn't as big as it is now. And Nashville was about 400,000 people. And it was a great era to have lived there because the music business at that time was really bustling. Um, there was entertainment everywhere, all the holiday ends, the Rabada ends, ran entertainment six nights a week. There were songwriters walking up and down Music Row trying to record their demos. and It was an exciting era for music, and it's something that, um, sadly to say, over time, and I don't know if it's a social economic thing or what, but it seems like live music has went through a period of time now where not as many people go out and support live music. They're going to sports bars. They're going to a lot of sporting events, and the local musician seems to be left in the wayside to playing Friday and Saturday nights. And the whole idea of the club is to try to aid the local musician and try to get music out again five nights a week so that a musician in this town has more opportunity to play. And hopefully, if we can have any kind of success doing that at Anthony's, what we're hoping is that other clubs will take a look at what we're doing and roll 
roll out the same format, and hopefully things will spiral and local musicians will have more of a chance to play, and hopefully people will come out and support them. Amen to that, right? I mean, it's it's unfortunate in, in watching the decline of this, and that you know you're one hundred percent right. The DJs and all of that pumped in music, as I call it, I'm like, it, there's just nothing like sitting down and listening to some live music, whether it's acoustical, whether it's in band presence. It's really kind of gotten away from that. And one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, do you think your impressions about music were changed or altered? Because I know you toured on the road for a substantial amount of time. Um, what were your impressions, your impressions, I should say, musically being on the road as compared to, okay, coming back home and, and stepping into the bar-type environment? Did that formulate impressions for you one way or the other with having those live touring experiences as compared to now? It did in a lot of aspects, Cindy, and I think some of it is good and some of it is bad. Um, Nashville is a town, um, it, it's a music capital, and it's like I had a teacher tell me in school I was in a class, it was music business, and she said the first thing that you guys got to remember is this is a business. Um, everything down there is very business-orientated. And after living in, in in that environment and dealing in that environment, coming back to Milwaukee, it's hard to separate the fact that you're so attuned to music as a business. Okay. And at times I think um it 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 can tend to put people off because I treat it so much as a business, but that's that's the way we dealt with it down there. And it becomes sure. a part of you. And you know, I I hope I don't um come across the musicians as in an unfavorable way because I am very business oriented but you know it's ingrained and into me from the time I spent in Nashville because it's it's very very business oriented whether you're playing clubs whether you're doing uh touring on the road what major artists or whether you were doing a recording session it's mm-hmm. It's a business, and either you treat it as such, otherwise there's a thousand other musicians that the artists or producers can call on to fill the spot, and you're left in the dust. Sure. Wow, what a brazen approach, too. That's kind of disheartening to hear, actually, because any true musician I know resonates that passion that you have for being in music, and it's just, when you put it in those terms, it sounds kind of, Callous, do you know what I mean? Kind of like it, it shouldn't be like that. I understand it has to be a business, but yet, I don't know. Maybe I'm just some freak who thinks it should be all about the music, you know? Yeah, it's. I don't know. It, it was probably the greatest lesson I ever learned down there that um, definitely it is all about the music, but then again, in my instance, I, I, I strictly play drums. I'm not a singer. I'm not a songwriter. So I was a side musician. I was okay. like a hired hand. And when you're hired to do a job, uh, whether it's uh, working in a convenience store, a liquor store, bartending, a person is paying you to do the job, and thus you do the job the way they want the job performed. 
And one thing you learn when you go to a city like Nashville is that carries over even in the music business. A producer will tell you on a recording session, this is what I want to hear, don't play that fill, change to feel. And you really have to check your ego to the side and perform the job the way they're paying you to perform the job. Otherwise, you don't get called back. Right. I got and if you. you don't get called back, you can't pay the rent and you can't eat. So. Exactly. No, I hear you. I do. Now, on the flip side of things here, I know not only have you been a musician, but, of course, obviously, I know you have over 20 years' experience as being a bartender. Um, and I know, obviously, that's a little bit different occupationally as it relates to, you know, musician as being a whole different side of things. Now, in being a bartender for such a long period of time, was that a prompt for you to venture into becoming an entrepreneur in the bar business, or was it more so driven due to the fact that I know your family has this established involvement uh, as far as the real estate, meaning owning the building, et cetera? Uh, I was very fortunate in how I got into the bar business. I was playing at a club in town here when I came back to town in 1985. I was playing a, uh, a place called The Spot on 34th and Forest Home. And the club owner, John Woodman, was looking for a bartender during the day. And we were playing his club three nights a week. And we got along personally. And he asked me, he said, you know, I'm looking for a bartender during the day. How would you like to bartend during the day for me? You still have your nights open where you could do the music and it won't interfere. And I told John, I says, well, I don't know anything about bartending. And he said, look, you spent most of your life in bars. I'll teach you how to do the job, do it the way I tell you to do it, and everything will be fine. And I took the man up on it. And I started bartending for 20 years after that. Uh, I worked five years at the spot, and then the spot was bought out by Nick Beaumont, who had Nick's Nickabob. And I worked for Nick for five years. And under both of those people that I worked for, because they had live entertainment as well, I learned how they did things with the band as well as you know, bartending. So it was great experience to learn both ends of things and from two people that were successful doing that and supporting live music. So uh, from there I went to the airport and I had the opportunity to manage a bar in the Milwaukee airport, so that gave me more of a management experience in the bar industry. And with the music background and then working under John Woodman and Nick Beaumont, with the music format, it just all tied in together. I had the opportunity to do this bar, and all the pieces were there, and we figured we'd give it a shot and see what happens. And thank you, God, that you have. My goodness. Now, before we get into, because we're going to have, uh, I have a couple good pinpoint questions to highlight Anthony's on Jefferson. I want to get to the good stuff and squeeze it in here right now, which is, of course, I'm a big mush, so I want to talk about your fiancé and yourself, you and Gina. I know I've known each other since you were 16 years old, and I know I'm a good interviewer because I'm not going to ask you how old you and Gina are, and I'm not going to make you tell. Um, Your initial meeting, I know, occurred at a family wedding, so I'd Mm -hmm. like you maybe to detail to the listeners, just give us a small synopsis of how you finally convinced her to become your beautiful bride, and moreover... We know you love her, but I'd like you to tell me what it is that you like 
about her because I said I think that speaks volumes about a person. I don't know how I convinced her. <laughs> I really <laughs> don't. Um, I, I just feel what I don't like to get too much in the my personal life and personal sure. things with Gina. Gina is a very private person. She she is my soulmate. Um, I've always felt that there was always connection with her I've never felt with anybody else uh, I'm very very fortunate that that Gina and I are together Gina is the most incredible woman I've ever met in my life and uh, she's amazing I mean she is so much help to me on this business venture as well as on a personal level and I, I can never say enough good things about her. I'm, I'm, I'm just very, very fortunate that she is with me. Very oh. fortunate. Uh, How sweet is that, folks, right? It's enough to make the interviewer want to cry here. So, Okay, we're going to stop talking about Gina now because I'm going to cry. But that's so very sweet, and we're so very happy for you in case you don't know that. You, you are perfectly matched for each other, and anyone who comes into the bar to see the both of you will certainly recognize it right off the bat. You can just feel it resonating from both of you. So how lucky are you and how happy we are for you, just so you know that, my friend. Well, I, I thank um, you very much. You're welcome. So we're now we're going to talk about your beautiful establishment, Anthony's on Jefferson. Um, I wanted to just take a minute to kind of boast some of the advantages to the average person who's listening who doesn't know and hasn't ever been there. Um, you have a nice, adequate capacity size of 160. I know that you are offering weekly live music um, with a very, very small, minute charge of $5 cover on the weekends, uh, hugely ample parking area. I know you offer happy hour specials, and hopefully, we're hoping, a food menu coming somewhere down the pike here sooner than later. Uh, Beautiful backdrop for the music stage, and I get a warm and cozy feeling with a clear touch of elegance and emphasis on music. It's probably the best way I could describe Anthony's on Jefferson. Now, in your mindset, how will Anthony's set itself apart from the other established third world businesses? As we looked at the third ward, Cindy, there's a lot of bars down there, but we didn't see very many that the emphasis was on music. Um, there's a great little jazz club on South Second Carolines that myself and Gina loved going to. But outside of Carolines, there didn't seem to be enough places with live music. And we felt in the Third Ward, because the Third Ward does have a lot of theater and a lot of art, that it needed more live music. And that's why we ventured in bringing Anthony's in as a music venue. Um, I think the real difference is apparent when you walk through the door that... um, we do have a great deal of respect for musicians, and that's why we had to put the stage where it was. When the place first opened as the high-low, the stage was tucked away in a corner, and myself and Gina felt like that was wrong. We wanted the musician to be the focal point. We want a musician that walks through the door to instantly realize that he is respected there and that if there is a musician playing on stage, we want him to be seen by the people. Mm -hmm. It's not like a Holiday Inn bar where 
the music is an afterthought. At Anthony's, the music is primary, and it's the focal point. I love it. Awesome. Now, staying on that same mindset here, relative to area musicians, what is Anthony's mission as it pertains to supporting their endeavors? Well, we want to, what we're trying to do is keep our genre, our genre of music diversified. Uh, Friday nights, we're, we're doing a lot of acoustic. Saturday nights, we'll bring in groups. Uh, during the week, it'll probably be, you know, a lot of different things. We don't want to lock into being just a blues club, just a jazz club. We don't want to lock in and being typecasted and branded as one genre. We want to keep the door open to all genres. If you love music, there's good music in every genre of music. And our emphasis is to keep that door open, and our emphasis is to give people a chance to perform that kind of fall under the radar from the mainstream club scene in Milwaukee. It seems like in Milwaukee right now you have a number of musicians that are very well-known that just go from club to club to club. And the lesser-known guys are having a little harder time breaking in to to that upper echelon. And what we are going to try to do is really focus on the person that needs more exposure to boost him up in hopes that maybe this will help his career in the Milwaukee area and elsewhere if he takes it. Sure. And of course, not saying that we won't have the more established people, but which we will. But we're really looking for musicians that maybe people don't know of at this time that that uh, are trying to get their name established and the word out on who they are and, you know, help them in any way that we can. Certainly. Now, is Rich going to be one of these performing musicians there as well? Uh, hopefully from time to time, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I, I do enjoy playing. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, this weekend, uh, it was a great deal of fun. We had Chanel Lamont and uh, Chanel had Jeff Stoll. Jeff Stoll is fabulous keyboard player in town. I've known Jeff since I was 16. We went to high school together. We played in band together that never went anywhere, you know, rehearsing in his parents' living room. Uh, the last time I had the opportunity to play with Jeff, uh, we did a recording session out in Lake Geneva in the mid-70s, and that was the last time I ever played with Jeff. And this weekend I got a chance to sit in with Chanel and play with Jeff Stoll, and it, it was it was just a great deal of fun for me. It's a privilege and an honor to play with Jeff Stoll. He's I just have the utmost respect for the man, and it was great. And I've got the chance to uh, sit in with Dave Dolan and his blues band, and it, it's a great deal of fun for me. Now, to the listening audience members who are interested in being considered to play at Anthony's, now, two things. Do you have a set criteria for acceptance, and also, do you have a set procedure for submission? 
Uh, what we would like, a uh, lot of we've been contacted so much lately, and what we're looking for, uh, we don't mind originals. We want people to do their originals, but we do have to keep things commercial to some extent also. So we would like a mix of originals and covers um, as far as piecing-wise. You know, we don't care about that. Um, it is a startup club, so budget is very important to us. What we're trying to do is have as much entertainment as we can with no cover, which gives people the opportunity to come out and hear entertainment if they don't have to pay a cover charge. We're trying to keep our drink prices as reasonable as we can to get people in the door, to get people hearing and supporting live music. As far as genres, we're open to you know anything, really. Uh, down the road, I don't know if there would be... Um, support for it, but I know what was big in Nashville and what I'm seeing in Milwaukee right now is there are a lot of singer-songwriters. One thing that is very big in the clubs in Nashville is a writer's night where uh, like the Bluebird Cafe uh, writers would come in and they'd all go up for about an hour do their original stuff and that night is strictly original and that's maybe something we could try down the road and see if you know Milwaukee could support something like that which would be a great aid for the singer songwriter because then they could take that night and strictly do their originals and get response from the crowd on their original songs so we're pretty much open to trying whatever we can try whatever the you know, the Milwaukee music community wants to hear, and let's give it a, a try and see what happens. Now, would you be more comfortable, are people to come to the bar directly, or are you taking email submissions, or what? We've been we so handling? bombarded with email stuff, and outside of the bar, I have another business that I, that I run, so between that business and the bar, um it's very hard time-wise to get to hear everything that people has. Uh, I like it when they do come down and bring CDs because uh, we do have the laptop down there, and before we close that night, a lot of times I'll pop a CD of somebody's submission in and listen to it and review their material there. So, yeah, it's a great aid if, if they bring it down to the club or uh, drop the stuff off. And, you know, it definitely will be heard. Good. This is good. Okay. Now you've heard it, folks. In case you're interested, you know what to do. Um, undoubtedly, I'm guessing there must be madness ensuing at Anthony's in preparation because I know the gigantic grand opening is coming this Saturday, March 23rd, commencing at 6 o'clock. I know my very, very dear friends um, and friends of the show, Bill White, LJ, and, of course, OC and the Night Owl Show Band uh, are going to be serving as the evening's musical highlights on Saturday. Maybe tell the audience what else can they expect to be offered on Saturday, and also, is this an invitation-only event or open completely to the public? Talk to us about all that, please. Uh, it is completely open to the public. Um the response, I think, is going to be overwhelming, and we're going to we are going to try our best to uh, 
to make everybody comfortable to get through the thing. I, you know, we don't know what to expect, but from what we're hearing, it's it's going to be big. Um, we're going to do our house wines all night for three dollars. Um, some of my liquor vendors in town are bringing in stuff that uh, we can give away. I don't exactly know what it'll be, but we will have some giveaways to people. We will have a champagne toast uh, where everybody gets a complimentary glass of champagne. And throughout the night, you never know what we're going to do. <laughs> oh, there's surprises to be had. How exciting. And, of course, you know, we will have great music with Bill and LJ and Big O and uh, Night Owl Show Band. So it's, it'll be a fun night. Awesome. It'll be a fun so I know night. when we first started the interview, I know you had prefaced saying that you have some new things that you want to tell us. So maybe now would be a good time for you to fill us in on these new things that we can expect from Anthony on Jefferson. Okay. Uh, I just got off the phone this morning. Uh, very good friend of mine, and I've been trying to work this out for about the last month, and we finally got it nailed down. Starting April 2nd and every Tuesday, we will have Jeff Stoll at Anthony's uh, from 7 to 11. No cover charge. Uh, Jeff is, if you haven't heard Jeff Stoll, you got to come out and hear him. The man is an incredible keyboard player. He's a great singer. He's one of the nicest people you will ever want to meet. And Cindy, he's a guy you need to interview because the man is a total musician. I mean, really? he lives and breathes music. Jeff, I, I can't speak highly enough about Jeff. He's just, he's incredible. Also on Thursdays, uh, we started two weeks ago, and we're going to keep the Thursday going. We have Steve Nitro and Val Segal. Okay. Uh, Val plays accordion, and what's unique about Val is when you hear accordion right away, your mind thinks to polka, and right. Val Segal can play polkas, but he's not limited to just playing polkas. Last night, uh, Steve and Val sat in together, and they've got a great chemistry working together, and... There's, it's it's got to be seen. Val is very unique. He, he can play blues, he can play jazz, he can play pop. And the combination and the chemistry that they have between Val and Steve, it, it's going to work cool. Cool. How exciting is this? Ooh. So it's building. It, you know, from the start, we wanted music five nights a week and... We're, we're trying to build it up, so now we have something on Tuesdays, we have Thursdays, we have Fridays and Saturdays, and I'm looking for something for Wednesdays. Gotcha. But like Perfect. I said, you know, the only way that this is possible, being a startup club, is there's very unselfish musicians that are working with us to do that, and these guys need a great deal of um, warm thanks for what they're doing. Yes, definitely. Now, finally, I wanted to ask as my last question, if you envision yourself and Gina, let's say five years down the road, I was just curious to ask where you envision or where you aspire to be as we are all, and I speak collectively for all of us saying that we're wishing and hoping that you will remain here not only locally but 
well kept in our hearts as well. So I'm just curious what the big game plan is, or if you haven't figured it out yet, what do you foresee for the future? Um, it's I don't know. I'm I'm the type of person, Cindy, that I never plan things um, mm-hmm. because I never know one day from the next what's going to happen <laughs> in life. Uh, definitely, I would like to see Anthony's be successful, but I also know only too well. Uh, from my years in the bar business, that the bar business is one of the hardest businesses to be in. Um, a lot of bars don't succeed. So we just have to see where it takes us. I mean, we're going to do everything and we we can to make Anthony successful, to keep it in the vision that we have of Anthony's to be a live music venue and it's going to take the Milwaukee community to make that possible. If there's enough people that come out to support live music, Anthony's will do well. If the people do not come out to support live music, then it's not going to work. So it's all a question of what the people in Milwaukee want. Gotcha. Understandable, of course. And for us, it's... You know, we can't plan things. It's we're we rely on what the what the customer and what the people in this community want. If they want to support live music five nights a week, Anthony's will do well. If they don't, we'll see what happens. But we're giving it our best shot. And doing so well, I might add. And I did not want to forget to mention this to everybody. Obviously, I know that you uh, yourself, Rich and Gina, obviously have a personal page on Facebook. I also know Anthony's on Jefferson has an actual Facebook page, which you can go ahead and check out and like. And now as far as the event page for the grand opening this weekend, can the average listener get access to that, or is there a way for them to find that? Uh, I believe if they just go to Anthony's, Cindy, I'm not okay. the most – tech savvy of people (laughs) that's okay (laughs) and i apologize for that um we try to keep on the anthony's facebook page we try to keep things as current and updated as we possibly can down the road we will get a website up and running uh i have a brother and a nephew that are very good at programming and uh they're very busy right now but we will get a website up that's down the road and once that's up you know things will be posted and but as of right now we try to keep the facebook page anthony's on jefferson as current and update as we can perfect and of course just so that you know this and i'll mention this to anyone listening and I will be posting up on your page, uh, your personal page, as well as your um, actual bar page, Anthony's on Jefferson, a link to this interview. So at any given point in time, someone can listen to this today, tomorrow, next week, next month. It's archived all year round, so people can go back and check it out. And obviously, again, I want to mention to everybody, Saturday, March 23rd, starting at 6 o'clock from 6 p.m. till 2 a.m. is the grand opening. So I wholeheartedly advocate, of course, everyone go down there. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody that you know. Now, Rich, before I forget and I let you go, I always take the last 30 seconds of my show to tell the person I'm interviewing exactly what I think of them. 
<laughs> so prepare yourself because oh. I have something to tell you. And then I'll let you go and get back to your getting ready for the grand opening. This is what I can tell you, and I know that I speak collectively for just a number of people that you have met or people I've talked to about you, your establishment, and this is what I think that you need to hear. Both, and I say collectively, both yourself and Gina are not only the modicum of the most generous, lovable, kind-hearted, passionate individuals I've met in some time. Not so much necessarily about, you know, obviously you have a bar to run and it is a business, but you resonate your vision and your passion. You allow musicians to have a format and a forum to come and to collectively get together, to network, to socialize, to be a family, to create beautiful music in a setting to where everyone can enjoy themselves at a reasonable price, You provide us with your friendship and your kindness, and you take good care of us. And we are so blessed and fortunate to call you our friend, our new place to hang out. And I am hoping and crossing my fingers and praying that you have nothing but success, not just this weekend, but all year round, not only in your business, but in your life and in your hearts. We adore you, and you don't disappoint us, by the way, because I know you made that comment about, you know, being so businesslike as it relates to it. We applaud you, and we thank you for bringing this to us and allowing us to be a part of your dream and your venture. So thank you for being you. Well, That's it. it. I don't know what to say. I'm speechless with that. Uh, <laughs> that didn't say I, I, I a lot. I don't know why. <laughs> I also want to thank you, Cindy. You have really tried to get the word out on the club as Chris Pappas as Bill White and LJ and Dave Dolan. And, you know, you guys have showed us a lot of love and showed us that you're also trying to help us make this work. And we can't thank all of you enough as well. You're very welcome. Like I said, family takes that, you know, you just, you got each other's backs and you're a collective family. It's just, that's what you do for your friends. You take care of each other. So I'm hoping that this interview will shine some light, not only on yourselves, but on the establishment, of course, because we do want this to be a success. So please send my love to Gina. I'll let you get back to your thing. And thanks for taking the time out to come on the show today. You're very welcome. Thank you, Cindy. And thank you for all you do for the club. We'll see you. Good luck with the arm, too. Thank you, dear. (laughs) All right. Have a good weekend. You too. Okay, folks, in case I didn't encapsulate that well enough in the last 30 seconds, all I can say is just get your asses down to Anthony's on Jefferson this weekend. Truly and collectively, I just, like I said, I have to one more time just say how very impressed I am in the fact that Rich and Gina have given us a forum and a place to be able to come to gather together to create some beautiful music and to bring a voice to those that are basically voiceless in the music industry as it relates to Milwaukee. So I want to say thanks so much again to Rich for calling into the show today. I want to say thanks to Gina for making him a stand-up guy. Not that he wasn't before, but she really is a driving force behind Rich and behind Anthony's as well. So kudos to you, girlfriend. Thanks, everybody, to listening. Thank you to the musicians who, of course, not only are participating but help to uh, make Milwaukee community a better place just in general. So again, go ahead and check them out on Facebook. Anthony's on Jefferson. I got to skedaddle because in, Oh, an hour and 15 minutes, I'm going to be over on my sister station. So if y'all got nothing better to do, 
and I do wholeheartedly advocate that you find yourself having some time to listen, Pancho Hodges, not only star of Sons of Anarchy, but also in the hit series True Blood and Law and Order. So we're going to be taking a good hour to talk to him, and that's blogtalkradio.com backslash, all one word, Sam, S-A-M, Crow, C-R-O, R-A-D-I-O. All right, I'm over and out on the Sin Chat Corner. Hope to catch you over at Sam Crow Radio. You have a great day.